1: And my boy, Matt Hunt, is in the building today. What's poppin', Hunt? Conrad, I'm doing well. I'm I'm happy to be here, as always. Alright, alright. Sidekick! Yeah, man. You got shit cooking today? (laughs) I'm tired. What's wrong?
2: I need a fucking vacation is what's wrong. I mean, I told you.
1: You can just take the days off. You You, want to go? Bye. You look tan. Do I? Yeah, you do. I've been on the beach a little bit. (laughs) How the fuck did you get tan? (laughs) Yep. Just like this. Yeah. Hey,
3: he's half white. He can tan. <laughs> yeah, I guess
1: it's. But don't, so don't burn. Please don't burn. That's that <laughs> shit you white people do, and I want the, no parts yeah. of it. The one in
3: this room who doesn't tan is guaranteed to be me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no I mean, chance any of you tan mm-hmm. less than me. You're capable, had some you're capable of today. it. It's this. just
2: you burn first.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, like, I, I haven't found a circumstance in which I could tan but not burn. Right. Like, I, it would have to be a really specific amount
0: of sunlight. You I know, Burke, if these lights hit you long you enough, know, it might. Do, yeah, it it you. Might do it for Sitting do. next to Hunt? Yeah. I've never looked so all of him. So fucked yeah. <laughs> you, you look, look very Italian right
1: now. I mean, we did
2: swap out one Ginger for another, so, you <laughs> yeah. know, Landon does his duty yep. for you as well. Mm-hmm. Although, I think he's uh, a little bit more adapt to the sun than, he's, than he's
3: also like at least by my definition he's not ginger enough to count as ginger that's he's, what i mean like he's right. like strawberry blonde yeah, you know? yeah.
2: he's yeah. a florida man you know he's been near the equator mm-hmm. before you're literally coming from like gloomy england oh yeah exactly. <laughs> i've never seen something uh, in uh, your life <laughs> right yeah i
3: mean I, I can't believe i live in the desert it's kind of a stupid idea but,
2: yeah. <laughs> it actually is kind of wild. how did you guys land on vegas i mean i'm sure poker had some influence I mean, poker was like 90 percent
3: of it it was it, it was the fact that Maji has Uh, she's spent time here in the past like when she was a kid and things like that it's close to California but it's not as expensive as California it's got a lot of poker like there's Mm -hmm. probably only a few places in the states that we would really want to live because the alternative was going to the UK Mm -hmm. but getting a green card for me was easier than getting a UK visa for her so we settled on the US and then we said okay well out of the places where we would want to live what's the most feasible and it was definitely Vegas
2: Vegas is like the New Jersey of California like,
3: I don't understand any part. So, of that. So nobody
2: uh, nobody lives in Manhattan because it's too expensive. They oh, all live in Jersey okay. and commute. I get it. Okay, uh, to to you know afford it, and yeah. I feel like that's how Vegas is with LA. Like uh-huh. you don't actually want to be in LA, right? But you want to experience you know SoCal so mm-hmm. and all the weather and everything else. That makes sense. You just hop a thirty-minute flight. I was gonna say
0: you can't. Yeah, you can't just cross a bridge and be in LA Honestly, like you can when you're in Jersey.
2: I bet that there are people that can commute from Vegas to LA faster than some people in jersey
3: <laughs> you could probably commute from vegas yeah. to l.a by plane faster than you can get from like the outskirts of l.a to the inside of l.a right. by car
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah i mean new york's the I same mean, you like the tunnels just, it back and forth yeah
2: yeah yeah i mean think about how clogged those tunnels get around 6 a.m you know mm-hmm.
1: that, that's gotta be a Brid- tough
0: tunnel crowd huh that's right it was <laughs> so annoying
1: so annoying that commute is the goddamn worst where were conrad you was commuting of, to conrad uh-huh? was
0: part of the bridge and tunnel crowd right yeah. Yeah, you, had to, what, you, had to you were you were part a of the
1: workforce a you at one point. You know, my mom was a pediatrician. Oh, I see. It's
2: always nepotism with this guy. No
1: one, <laughs> no one else would ever
4: let him hold down the job long enough. <laughs> and I
1: was her medical assistant. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, Just like you're my 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 host. No, I'm the host here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We get it. Oh, you're what? the sidekick. I'm the host. Uh-huh. We all know this. Everybody. Hit one if you agree. Goddamn, you, you are don't. you are tan as fuck. I don't know if this is the lighting. <laughs> are going you just you're I, really I, jealous of the lights. There's, I think it's
2: no the changing. lighting.
1: It's just me, man. Yeah, me. Your palm, your palm
2: looks red. I don't we'll know. what's going on. Yeah. this is a
1: golden, Connie. Well, olive, if you golden, will. Connie. No, you're not. Olive. You're definitely not olive. <laughs> Yo, San, yeah. by the way, San Diego is fucking beautiful. Yeah, it is like eighty degrees. No humidity, just nice. Did you Just nice weather. Did
2: you happen to get some fish and chips at the Michelin one star on the boardwalk? (laughs) No. Oh,
1: I don't think so. I hope not,
3: because no one should ever get fish and chips anywhere in this country. It's a Michelin Uh, one
2: star. How could they fuck it up?
3: Yeah, It's fish and chips. If if you're eating it outside the UK, you're not doing it right.
1: Let me
2: tell you something. They fucked it up. All I (laughs) wanted was some good ketchup, and they refused.
0: I hear one star, and that makes me think it's bad. The only, proper, the only right way
3: to
2: eat, eat free
1: fish and chips sauce. is with salt and vinegar, not ketchup. I don't with ketchup. know how the Michelin scale works. But it's one to three, and you I think know, you just say Michelin star. Yeah, if you get a Michelin star, you're doing really you do. well. I went to a place called Waterboard Water Bar Grill, and it was the best <laughs> I sashimi. You mean say waterboarding? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the best sashimi I've ever had in my life. How many ages are in that word?
2: Ages, H's, H's, H's. H's. yes. Shashimi. Sashimi, sashimi,
0: sashimi. I always say sashimi. Speaking it is a uh, Speaking <laughs> of Michelin star restaurants, I started watching The Bear. It's, it's incredible. I finished dude, it. it. I, I finished the first two episodes.
2: It's really What is it good. on? Uh, it's on FX, F- but F- 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 you can watch F- it on Hulu. Oh, Hulu. It I haven't watched it yet, but It's I'm incredible.
1: What is it about?
2: Not more. not a bear, and right. it's not a reality show. Is Those it? are the two things I was expecting. Does it start <laughs> in the hood? Uh, yeah, kind of.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's in yeah. Chicago,
2: not in the, not in the. It's it's white people hood. Oh,
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a good no, way to put no. it. Yeah. But so, yeah. so you only watch shows that start in the hood, like uh,
1: what? You know, I want the some entertaining shows, something good, not like. I don't you know. want all you're speaking to is violence, mostly. You want violence? Not really.
2: You know you want? I want drama. You want to recap the the riverboat collapse yesterday that we got a fucking violence warning for on our YouTube Mm -hmm. strike. No, I just wanted to play the remix of
0: it. I will probably get a violence strike <laughs> for that one too it was, yeah, probably. it was done so
3: well it was done really well uh, We're going to get demonetized at this rate for promoting violence
2: Hunt, Hunt will appreciate this one I saw another uh, video clip where and they do this all the time is it the Jim Ross one? 100% yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. they yeah. laid over Jim Ross's voice with the guy with the chair going oh no
3: don't do it <laughs> I, you know what I don't know why but people overlaying Jim Ross's voice on anything is always funny it's really it's incredible Like if you put Jim Ross commentary over any dramatic event I'm, I'm guessing funny. he's the WWE <laughs> I was about he's to ask. Like, the he's the Oklahoma thing, yeah. classic co- commentary okay. guy. Okay, yeah. The guy, the guy who's like the most southern person you can possibly yeah. imagine, and yeah. has just the classic his voice. voice. Sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he's uh he's a staple with. The, I don't think he's still there. He's, he's be in AEW
3: now. He's he's in another company. No like par- time. Yeah.
2: It's always remarkable to me, like how these relationships get severed towards the end of their career. And I get it. Like Vince McMahon doesn't give a shit. Like when you're not worth anything to him, like yeah. kick ro- kick rocks. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I saw a stat the other day. That reminded me of this, where uh, they were showing the most titles won in WWE, Mm -hmm. like, career. And it was, shockingly enough, Bret Hart. Mm -hmm. Which, I I was a huge Bret Hart fan, and I knew that he was, like, uh, a face of the WWE for a period. Yeah, But, like, think about that in the grand scheme of things. They had Hogan, The Ultimate Mm -hmm. Warrior, The Rock, Cena. Like, these these faces that were, like, staples, uh, Austin even Goldberg I think was undefeated for like the first year and a half that he was yeah in the in the business or whatever and somehow like it was Bret Hart during what I would say is mostly a downtime
3: well he was the the thing about Bret Hart is he was around mostly before the era of all those guys you mentioned
2: so he Except for he, Hogan, and well, yeah, uh, he, he was the transition guy off of Hogan and Ultimate well, Warrior. Well,
3: yeah, he was to a certain extent, but he like his career went all the way back into the '80s, so he was yeah, there, yeah, he yeah. was there yeah. long
2: enough, right?
3: That he had a pretty substantial career, and then like guys like Rock and Austin were way after. He Bear was Hunt.
2: he was also you know back then they would they would pigeonhole people into like specific niches. Yeah, he was the Intercontinental Champion yeah, for like three or four years, yeah. and then you know they made him the the heavyweight champion, and then they mm-hmm. obviously rigged the match for Shawn michaels where they yeah. pulled the belt from montreal him. screw job yeah
3: <laughs> that's, that's a whole that's a whole conversation about wrestling it's a whole documentary
2: <laughs> yeah man it's incredible i could
3: talk for hours about that
2: highly highly recommend anybody out there who uh wants to brush up a little bit to to go check out yeah, the Montreal yeah if, if you jump. think
3: poker drama is is like a big deal wait until you see pro wrestling drama like
2: uh, bro i'm telling you like one it's, of the most interesting industries it would it would serve us so well if we just all got on board and made it all giant work you know just cut a few promos have some genius pulling the fucking puppet I, strings I said from this the a top. while
3: back i said let's just let's just have a poker show that's just a work like yeah. you just rig the deck just rig the hands everyone will just <laughs> buy into it like they do with wrestling yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter that it's whoa, fake
2: brahlad <laughs> freeman is fucking losing his mind listening <laughs> to you talk about this right now because he is positive that's exactly how these live streams work
3: mm-hmm. oh okay yeah i uh this I, is a long-standing I remember, conspiracy
2: I remember hearing about that and i'm yeah. sure he's watching yeah.
3: No,
2: of course. <laughs> Brian, who isn't watching? Yeah, I mean, True. come on.
3: You think anybody in the industry is not watching us right now? We yeah. kind
2: of are the it place to be right now, you know? Nobody I mean, has anything better just to do at 6 stopping. p.m. on a Tuesday. But, anyway. Yeah, two things. Number one, where else are you going to go to get your news and notes in, around this industry? And number right. two, where else can you expect us to get a little pro wrestling talk yeah. worked in yeah. with a Prahlad Freeman conspiracy theory?
3: This, this is my <laughs> like my my subtle strategy here is every time I come on, we talk about wrestling. And eventually, I just make this into a wrestling podcast i'm not uh,
2: i'm fine with it uh, i'm totally on board although i will say uh, that uh I, I don't know much about the current generation
3: i'll teach you I'll teach okay you, man. we'll do oh, we'll do uh like next next time wrestlemania happens we'll do like a, a watch along wrestlemania mm. podcast we'll all sit here and watch wrestlemania and are we gonna, gonna
0: have a, like a, a wrestling academy
3: uh, probably not, because I don't know anything about anything actually involving doing things. Physically. Oh, I can do okay. the
2: sharpshooter. Oh, I, can, uh, I got you there. I can
3: teach people how to watch wrestling. I can't yeah. teach people right. how to actually do anything. Uh,
2: <laughs> along along the themes of both the bear, which we didn't actually say what it was about, but it's about uh, this... It's
3: about a restaurant, right?
2: Uh, yeah. I, I mean, more right. specifically, it's about a chef who I think was a three-star chef. Uh, he takes over his brother, his passed away uh, his dead brother's. Uh, rundown restaurant and he's trying to convert it yada 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 um, but I follow this chef on Twitter that his whole shtick is watching TikToks of other people making food and then he critiques their process and just always ends it with like a, a one to whatever scale of like you know what he rates it and would he eat it kind of thing he's fucking hilarious it's it's amazing content but the the hidden gem of it all is that he's a big WWE fan. And uh, somewhere along the lines, he created a beef with one of the wrestlers who made a TikTok of him like making a steak.
3: I feel like I've maybe heard about this. But I don't know for sure. If, I wish if I could you tell of, me what wrestler it is. I might be. Able to tell you if I've the,
2: heard yeah, I it. wish I could. I feel like uh, I,
3: I probably I follow a few wrestling accounts on Twitter, and I feel like I saw something a long time ago, someone posting about this, but I didn't pay any attention.
2: All right, I'll tell you right now. So it's the Tribal Chef that I follow.
3: Oh, okay.
2: And uh, the, I did see
3: this. Is he posting? Did he post a clip of like a wrestler putting his hand on his shoulder to yeah, balance himself? That was before. him. Yeah, that was him. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the beef was with uh, let's see, it's so he he just his whole page right now is SummerSlam because he just went to his first ever live event, and
3: it was it was uh, the SummerSlam main event was like the match where he had the guy, Jey Uso, putting his hand on his shoulder. I think, yeah, 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 that's the same post that I'm thinking
2: of, yeah, yeah, that's that's accurate. Um, he posted he said the beef between he and whoever it was yeah. is, is squashed and then they did like a, a funny bit oh it's uh, Baron Corbin
3: oh okay that's or funny
2: Corbin Baron I guess I'm no, not Baron sure. Corbin is his okay, name yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the I saw that I saw where it originated from Baron Corbin was like making a a steak or something yeah. and uh, you know he was like searing it in a, in a skill or whatever and he was just so critical of him <laughs> Like, start to finish. <laughs>
0: I don't even know if it was justified I, I or need not. To, I need to watch this now because I want to see if, if, I, have the related, same, if I, feel I have like the same criticism. This is yeah. all of
3: our interests intersecting right, right now. Exactly. Okay.
0: Yeah. You're, you're,
2: yeah. you're absolutely right. Let me see if I can. Uh, I'll send this over to Wapo. Let's see. Not that one the in game uh this is
3: good i feel like a lot of the time when i'm on we're just talking poker hands and i miss all the discussions about aliens and about like all the other random <laughs> yeah. stuff or about mm-hmm. the people that you guys knew 20 years ago in pittsburgh or, like, <laughs> i miss all that stuff now we get wrestling well, you're here get, you're yeah, here you know. for the after
2: dark conversation yeah, exactly. so you picked the right one all right guap Great. i send it over to you on the discord it's a five minute video you don't have to play the whole thing you play like maybe call it the first 45 seconds sure uh are we gonna be able to hear it or no yep okay sweet Hopefully, we don't get demonetized for this, but we haven't made money in a long time. Uh, What's the difference?
4: (laughs) (laughs) All right, I don't know why Okay, he didn't need to do that Um, WWE superstar And I use the term very loosely uh, formerly known as Happy Corbin, which was ironic because whenever I watched him wrestle it made me miserable using fillets, which are maybe the most mediocre steak available, which fitting considering he's a mediocre wrestler at best. I wonder if he's going to cook it to Rare, which is also the occurrence of him actually getting a win. I mean, he lost to Pat McAfee at SummerSlam. Come on, dude. They look decent enough, I guess. I mean, his cooking's better than his wrestling or his football career. Couldn't get drafted to the NFL, Raw, or SmackDown. So, that's over 3, homie. Uh, let's go 8 out of 10. I'd eat it. Was that a roundhouse kick though? I'm no martial artist, but... Dedicated to me. I'm not a fan, I'm the
5: opposite.
4: Bro, you're literally dedicating videos to me, like slow jams at a school dance. What are you talking about? My grandma kicks better than that. Worry more about kicking out of three counts and less about roundhouse kicks. Can't cut meat, can't cut a promo. Only thing you can cut is your NFL career short because you suck. Uh-huh. is that what i sound like what's that impression he had me
2: a, he lost to pat mcafee at SummerSlam.
4: <laughs> 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 he,
2: beat, he uh he
3: beat kurt angle and kurt angle's last match though
2: oh shit mm-hmm. another Coleman. yenzer kurt yeah. Angle. Yeah. shout right. out to slippery rock i
3: knew you'd be a, an angle fan
2: oh of course how could you not be uh might have been and you might be right uh, I mean, you should no Actually, you shouldn't know. You went IUP. Yeah, <laughs> they're all the same. Oh, they're all, they really, are they're all, the really all the same. But no, IUP was the best at of all three. Pretty sure he wrestled in the Olympics, if I'm not mistaken. But who Kurt Angle?
3: He's, he's, he's an did. Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, gold medalist yeah. 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 That was how he got famous. Yeah, he was, he was a broken a, neck. Yeah, he won an Olympic won, gold won, medal with a broken neck. And then he was like, I'm never gonna do pro wrestling because yeah. he thought it was like the dumbest shit ever, right. And then he actually went to a pro wrestling show. And he was like, oh, this stuff is actually kind of fun. And then he went on to become one of the best pro wrestlers of all time. Mm-hmm. It's Kind of a crazy story.
2: Um, yeah, he's from Mount Lebanon. So he's from the, uh, the rich side of the river, if you oh, will. Oh, so he's
3: not from your side of Pittsburgh. <laughs> no,
2: no, he's from across the river. Ah. Back where they... Uh, I mean, it makes sense. We didn't have wrestling. We were too small. Um, but what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, so the chef... Uh, we couldn't hear it, but the audience could. He just obliterates this fillet that he's mm-hmm. making the entire time, like basically saying, like you know, uh, it's the easiest cut of meat to cook, and like you know whatever else, and he's trashing him. And I don't know if it was a work from the beginning or not. Um, but the fallout for this was like they beefed for like a year. Like I love that you say like they legitimately beef, or just like, like back and forth on each other's time i mean they're both oh, create so, content okay. in some regard yeah
3: so they're just farming content really. maybe I
2: guess. yeah i mean it easily could be uh people keep and I of that i guess
3: yeah but um, i think with with pro wrestlers like eventually after a while you just you should assume everything that they do in public is a work like yeah right to some degree because yeah, there's yeah. like various levels there's like an actual work, which is like their character is talking, and then there's yeah. a work where it's like it's them talking, but it's not their real opinion. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then it's like you almost
0: never break character. Right. Yeah.
3: Like it's really yeah. hard these days to get wrestlers to actually break character because even their social media personas are like cultivated for their character. Yeah. You know? Supposed
0: to be like that's just who you are. Yeah. If people want to believe that that's it, who you it's are, it's definitely
3: interesting yeah. for wrestling in that regard because you could never have done that 50 years ago in the 80s or the 70s or whatever. Like you could never have had a wrestler. Go on TV and try to pretend that, like, I don't know, that, like, it was very clear that these people weren't, you know, their characters. Or at I don't least know. Hulk H- like, Hogan, different... I don't
0: think, ever broke character.
2: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <true>. <laughs> I mean, their characters weren't all that sophisticated.
3: So yeah, some yeah of them. I mean, he still like,
0: has the, the Fu Manchu and or, Yeah, it, like, yeah I think sure. social the, media has yeah. just sort of
3: added, like, a layer to it that's kind of
0: interesting, yeah. I guess, as well. Yeah, what yeah, I mean.
2: yeah, yeah. I think that's true, too. I saw, <laughs> I saw a TikTok the other day of a Hogan at a book signing. This like little six year old kid comes in. And he, and he just goes,
1: Oh yeah, brother. And, <laughs>
2: and Hogan like responds to him or whatever. Yeah. And the kid just starts like going into the spiel of like, oh listen here, all twenty thousand Hulkamaniacs, oh maniacs. Like gosh. just go through the whole thing and then tears his shirt off at the end. It was incredible.
3: That's great. Especially because you know that a six-year-old is not old enough to have ever seen Hulk Hogan do anything right. actually on TV. Right, like yeah. he's gone back and watched old tapes from his mm-hmm. dad or something, yeah. and he's mm-hmm. learned all the Hulk Hogan shtick, and he's gonna yeah. gone up to Hulk and done it. That's yeah, funny. it's
2: pretty remarkable. Um, yeah, I think that's it for wrestling.
3: Yeah, maybe we Wait. should talk about some poker.
2: Wait a second. <laughs> I was saying, oh, yeah, the cooking thing. Okay, yeah, we tied you it all in. were just talking
3: about how good mm-hmm. the bear was, and then okay. we suddenly started talking about how No, the we
2: dog tied dog it all in because the chef reminded me of the bear. The bear reminded me of the chef. The chef had a problem with Corbett. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're there. right, we're, we're good. We're full circle now. Good,
3: good
0: segue.
2: Now, Gordon, uh, Gordon Ramsay
0: does the same thing on Twitter where people can, like, send in photos of their food, and he'll, like, let them know, you know, what he thinks.
2: Well, he's just like thought to. Can I do that? I'm scared. He's mm. just like thought to be a Little remarkable taste. prick, right? <laughs>
3: well, he's, well, that, that's he's also really, his shtick. He's a really nice guy in yeah. real life, but his shtick is like yelling at people. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like, yeah. I, I, I famous, just remember yeah.
2: the I just remember the gif of him taking two pieces of bread and slapping him on the girl's yeah. face and calling her an idiot sandwich. That,
3: yeah. that was his. That was his <laughs> shtick from his show, but he's actually in real life like supposed to be a really nice guy. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's it's, a fun it's, shtick It's
3: just his, it's, his show is a work basically That's right.
2: kind of my shtick When I play Any live games I'm like just berating like
3: Berating people And then actually being nice Yeah
2: I mean you know I, I, I never <laughs> The funny thing is like I don't outwardly braid them I braid them in a very sarcastic way Where it's like If you didn't know I was If you didn't know I was having fun with you You would Potentially take it as a compliment mm-hmm. But yeah <laughs> I mean I, I don't know I think it's good fun um, There was uh, Today was a big four so there were four final tables in florida the 25k the 35 or sorry the 5k main event the 2200 and the 1100 and uh to no surprise ben win made the final table of the 22 <laughs> how, does he, do it. <laughs> uh, how I, does he do it i think is the best the year that i, I got know. third in the 5k main event i think this was 2017 i believe it was joe cuther made uh both the final table of the 5k main and the 1100 wow. uh side side oh, but un- wow. unfortunately he got like seventh in both yeah yeah That's um, sick though yeah it's pretty wild uh i mean i guess you know it was feasible to do but it's difficult because both final tables play at the same time yeah <laughs> probably not exactly the highest ev situation um but yeah so ben obviously final tables the 2200 shocked it wasn't the main event to be quite fair uh came in as the chip leader of course because I think that's the just, only way he makes final tables yeah it's mm-hmm. the only way
3: he makes <laughs> anything. one of nine like he just every tournament he plays at this point
1: uh he same. didn't win it though where did he finish connie i think it was fifth um after he got in jacks versus queens and hit a jack or it was <laughs> oh, queens no. versus kings and hit a queen oh uh, yeah like yeah, that. yeah but um yeah i think he got fifth i want to say okay and then chance ultimately lost heads up yes he lost to dan sepul okay. shout out to dan you
2: know dan i do not know Dan. Yep. he's a homie should i know dan
1: he's shout out him. to dan dan's a good kid uh, good kid my my boy leonard leonard august also made that final table okay he's been on a goddamn roll he's i don't know got heads up and like i don't know two events over the summer bracelet events wow, wow. yeah he was just completely goat in the summer so he started to play two cards this you know yeah why not yeah. i mean four cards is easy <laughs> You know how many more hands you
2: make? Yeah, How's How's you know how you hand. many more hands you make? How many cards? Places many hands? A lot of five-card hands to be made. Uh, the bigger deal was the 5K main event came to a, a, a close. The final nine, I don't know who was involved, but the final four was Farrar Jatin, uh, Omar
1: Rotman, Kitty Quo, and, and Shannon Shore. Nadia Magnus also made this She part. did. She got yeah, this. She think. did make the
2: final table. You're right oh wow bubbling the chop you hate to see it
1: hate to, to
2: it. be fair uh this is a good chop to bubble oh <laughs> uh, i gotta tell you i've never seen anything like this before in my life uh that's actually not true i sure. should say i haven't seen anything like this in recent years yeah since yeah. like
0: 2006. Yeah, the- i i've seen one chop
3: in uh I, I knew a guy online who once chopped a tournament for more than first place but uh I, scott
2: Seaver tells a story about that's, like yeah, bragging that's, for having yeah. done this
3: this guy this guy was like he, Like a five dollar tournament online or something like that. But it's the only time I've heard of someone chopping for more than first place. This is like the second most ridiculous chop I've seen. Yeah. Little in fact,
2: one of the first tournaments I ever chopped was a three-handed event or uh, I chopped it three-handed in Seneca, Niagara, Buffalo, New York. Mm -hmm. Uh, where I think it was a hundred and sixty dollar buy-in. First place was like three K. And I had half the chips in play three-handed and convinced them that due to the fact that I had half the chips in play three-handed. We should just give me first place and let them chop second and third. And they begrudgingly agreed. <laughs> wow, <laughs> That's a pretty good one. But that was 2005. Yeah, I remember that, yeah,
0: that mm-hmm. is wild. Like, I have half the chips
3: in play. <laughs> Actually, I tell you what. One kid's well, like, poke. so
2: what if I double up that I have half? The. I'm like, no, it doesn't the, work that way. The, the, the <laughs> most ridiculous
3: chop I've seen was the guy that just gave up. Like, did you did you see this? I remember this briefly talking about this. This was late, last, this was late this. last year or early this year. There was yeah. a tournament. It was like a low buy-in, but a guy got heads up, and the other guy had a big chip lead, and he was like, oh, you just take first. Yes, <laughs> yes,
2: yes, yes. He just ended the I, event with like 10 big blinds or something. Yeah,
3: he, had, he was like, oh, I'm never going to win. Like,
2: yeah.
0: how yeah. <laughs> would you a just do a that? Of,
3: no, uh, no, no. It was no, no, just no. like a what? random side event at some oh. series. Yeah. But it made poker news because a guy yeah, just course. surrendered heads up.
2: Like, yeah it
3: just it's wild. How do you just not say, I okay, we were speculating
2: like, all the conspiracies of the like, first There's always a that giant
3: jump between first and second. Like Yeah, like just it's wild to do that. But this is this is up there with most ridiculous chops I've ever seen. Yeah. So this
2: one's wild not only because of the way that the chop ultimately worked out, but they were so deep. How uh, deep were they? Shannon was fourth in chips with thirty nine big blinds. Wow. So Farad had eighty three bigs as the chip leader. Omer had 48 big blinds, second in chips, mm-hmm. Kitty 44 and then Shannon 39. So, not a huge discrepancy yeah. between uh second and fourth, but a pretty large one between first and the field. Uh when they chopped, I'm assuming I wasn't there, but based off the numbers, I'm going to go ahead and guess that old Shannon was hitting them with the I don't want to chop
5: Yeah, Mm -hmm. And you're
2: going to really have Mm -hmm. to grease my palm to get me to chop here. So if you go to the other uh, photo, you can see what the actual ICM payouts are supposed to be. So according to ICM, first place should have gotten 632.6. Second should have gotten 528.7. Third, 514.9. Fourth, 495. So, um... You know, you can see there isn't a huge gap between 4th and 2nd. It's roughly like 33,000 or so. Mm. And then the difference between 2nd and 1st is just shy of 100.
0: Just over 100.
2: Or yeah. Sorry, just over 100. Yeah. Um, Now, when we look at the actual chop, what we see is the the difference between 1st and 2nd is still just over 100, 110,000. However, a very, uh, we'll call them a dark horse candidate emerges as the second the second stack uh, in the chop. And that is one Shannon Shore who got second place money ICM well actually more than second place ICM money. Second place ICM money was supposed to be
1: 528.7 Shannon negotiated a fourth place stack to get 545. Man, he wow. just wasn't chopping man. He was just like guys I'm shortest here. I'm not Taking the least, um, he got out. fifty thousand oh, dollars above ICM. Is he the best player left?
2: Yes, Does of, of it course, but, but
0: not to that <laughs> not, degree. Yeah, nobody I mean, yeah. has that
3: big of an edge. Four-handed, right. forty big blinds. effective. yeah, he got like, ten
2: yeah. full buy-ins yeah. worth yeah. above yeah. ICM, and also not to be overlooked. But uh, Farad also got Farid, or Farid also got uh, I think twenty k above ICM, twenty-three k above ICM. Like, so. He wins as well. He probably didn't want to chop either. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Kitty and Omer had to take a huge bath here. They gave up seventy-five thousand between the two of them in order wow. to just agree to chop. What was what? fourth and third? Uh, like in real life?
0: Yeah. Yeah. What was the re- what was the actual payouts? So um, The actual payouts were.
2: The actual payouts were eight fifty-nine to first, six sixteen to second, three ninety-nine to third, and two ninety-five to fourth. Oh, wow. So to be fair. Kitty secured an extra almost two hundred K by chopping.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: So I can understand
0: where giving up a lot of money. I
2: mean, she gave up like twenty five K in EV in order to secure an extra two hundred.
0: Yeah. Not
2: somebody's gotta get fourth if you don't chop. Right. And Shannon's not chopping. Right. From the looks of things. (laughs) Right. So I mean, like, do you want to give up twenty five K to make two hundred? Maybe.
3: Yeah. I mean mean, maybe. The the way to look at it is if you're Fourth place stack is worth an ICM value of whatever it was four four ninety 490 495 Four ninety five. Yeah. And you're gonna chop for four eighty, then what you're saying well, is like, She wasn't
2: fourth in chips though, Matt.
3: Oh, sorry, yeah. She I, was third
2: in chips. Right. Which but, is actually worth five fifteen.
3: Yeah. So she's giving up oh. what? She's giving up twenty K there, plus she's giving up like if you basically I guess what I'm arriving at is you, you would need to believe that you have enough of a disadvantage such that the real value of your stack is less than what ICM dictates that it would be Yeah. in the same way that if you're Shannon,
2: well also money and, could just matter. Right. Yeah. And oh, I'm yeah, not and even the, saying that, that it, was going to yeah. be my next point yeah. as well.
3: That like, if even if you think that you like you're playing exactly at ICM, you're either, you don't have an edge, but you are also not at a disadvantage, which is pretty common in situations like this where it's four regs. Yeah. Um, it, it might be worthwhile to give up some in exchange for, you know, saving on a little bit of variance. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's wild to imagine that those three other players collectively are, were, were willing to arrive at...
2: Well, only like, two. Farid also, Farid gained. Farid yeah, also okay. gained. So yeah. the, just
3: the third and fourth place stacks were willing to arrive at giving up so much to, to the other two players. So, I, second I can't
2: second and third Second game. and third gave up collectively 70k in EV. Wow. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, the thing is, is like, you know, they're each sacrificing 35 K, but mm-hmm. they're both locking up a guaranteed 200. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, Omer, but, um, you know, the fact that I don't know his name probably means this is his largest score. That's a, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. you take into account that you've never been in this situation before you're playing super scared. Possibly. I'm not, I don't, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the, that's the situation, but possibly and right, and it's your biggest score. Well, the and
2: irony like, too is that they're the the ICM model is putting a lot of dollars attached to each singular big blind. Right. Mm-hmm. right? Exactly. So Kitty only has five like more w- blinds than Shannon. One
0: pot. One, one one pot flips it. You know what I mean? Like he just, just like wins a the single next- raise pot yeah. could change. Yeah. 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 If he yeah. just wins the next hand. So
2: like- Kitty had five more blinds than him, but was getting paid an extra twenty k. Yeah. That's pretty substantial. Yeah. Like you're basically getting one buy in per big blind. Yeah. At that point. Hmm. And I can see where Shannon's just like, I don't care that you have a five-big-blind so edge. We're, it, 40, yeah. we're 40 blinds effective here. Mm-hmm. That, that's meaningless. To so
0: yeah. Maybe this is not as bad as it, it appears when you first look at it. Well, it's bad. I mean, it's bad, it's bad like, ICM-wise. ICM-wise and, and obviously giving up that, what the model says uh, as, as uh, you know, 73K in, in EV, yes. But like... It could potentially be a, okay a, from a Kelly criteria right. standpoint. Yeah, and you mm-hmm. take a, like a, a, a bigger, you know... Uh, zoomed out approach at it yeah Yeah,
3: these are the spots where there is no like objective right answer necessarily Mm -hmm. in terms of what you should or shouldn't shop for because obviously it all first of all depends on your perception of your own edge but it also depends on your bankroll depends on what percentage of yourself you have like all sorts of stuff beyond that that yeah. means that we, we can't really necessarily say that this was like a bad chop. Right, for, if you're if you're back and it gets
0: you out of makeup and yeah, now you make right. real, real dollars or something yeah. like that, um, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of different... It's just
3: so ways. rare that a circumstance emerges where the incentives of all the players kind of line up in a way where one player is actually able to negotiate for so much more than ICM, right? Mm-hmm. Because he has such a big incentive not to chop, and everybody else like Farid has just enough incentive to chop because he's getting a little bit over ICM and then the other two presumably have a really big incentive to chop. Like that just, it pre- presents this unique set of incentives that allow this chop to happen, I guess. But it's, yeah, it's really rare to get 50K above EV. I you know, wonder
1: if I, said, "Good." ahead. said, you don't need to believe you're the, even the worst player if, if the money really matters to you. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. People yeah. take the bankers, uh, The bankers' ridiculous deals on deal or no deal at terrible rates. Yeah,
2: that's That's very true. true. Yeah. I wonder if Frid's giving uh, a little bit too much up here, even though he's getting an extra 25K. I I doubt it, but like he's basically.
3: What was his chip lead? uh,
2: He has 83. Next closest is 48. But also the next closest desperately wants to chop and is willing to give up 35K. Yeah, I
3: I feel like that's considering we. We have a decent amount of evidence to suggest that ICM undervalues the chip lead.
2: Yeah. When you And when probably you overvalue Shannon's FGS stack.
3: FGS and stuff like that. Like yeah. I think that Yeah, I think you could probably make an argument to suggest that the real value of Farid's stack at a table if you're specifically playing at a table where you know that Shannon doesn't care and doesn't want to chop but the other two specifically do want to chop. Right. And you carry on playing and you force them to play despite the fact that they really want to chop mm. like that's a really valuable spot.
2: that's what i mean like it seems like a scenario could have presented itself where uh at worst case they get three-handed and freed has extended his chip lead in some capacity mm-hmm. uh and now uh, the thing is though how much more can he actually negotiate even yeah. three-handed because he's not that far from first place money he got 655 first place was 8 850. Mm-hmm. so there's like 200k of wiggle room there but you're also you know, pulling 300k out of the prize pool yeah. once, uh, once somebody busts forth. So maybe, mm-hmm. maybe this is just sharp.
3: Yeah, I mean, it could, for it could be. For yeah. everybody. Like, I guess what I'm surprised about is I feel like the most common type of chop or the best type of chop for most instances is ICM chop, but leave a certain amount for first. Like right. ICM chop and play for 100k or something. Right, like but like I Shannon have...
2: will never agree to that in this right. instance because he has all the leverage. Yeah,
3: right. right. And so it, it just kind of is a spot where, like like I said, the the incentives are just very differently aligned. Um, and you, you it's very difficult to calculate what each player's like, real EV is in, right. a, in a spot like this. So it's just a really unique circumstance. It's very unusual.
2: Yeah, I thought it was interesting uh, when they chopped the 200k at Triton uh Espen Nacho and I think it was David, David Yan Yen. yeah
3: yeah I didn't see the chop actually happen but I watched a bunch of that tournament
2: Yeah so they there was obviously a ton in the prize pool and it was very top heavy mm-hmm. uh, I think Nacho got 3.2 David got 2.9 and mm-hmm. Espen got 2.75 and then they left 100k to play for. Yeah. And I was just thinking about like how funny it is that they're playing for a half a buy-in.
5: Yeah. <laughs> like right. that's so. Uh, even right. though it's a yeah. lot of money, 100,000 yeah. is still a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: It's so inconsequential, mm-hmm. uh, considering like just not even like what they've already cashed for, mm-hmm. but more specifically like what the actual buy-in is. Yeah. You know, if we just convert everything to like buy-ins, it's like it seems crazy to leave a half a buy-in left to play for. Right.
3: Do you, Do you think? Here's a question, and I know we've kind of covered this topic a little bit before. Do you think that the prevalence or the frequency of chops in spots like this is an argument in favor of flatter payouts as a whole.
2: I mean, I'm I'm so bullish on flatter payouts that uh, I I might even just be like blinded by the simple desire to get there as far as it clouding my arguments. Because like, yeah, I mean, I think I could almost position anything that happens at a final table as being encouraging flatter payouts. Yeah. Right. And not even just at the final table, but like pulling some of that final nine mm-hmm. money and, you know, expanding it out, spe- specifically in like big field events. Yeah.
3: What, what do you think about like paying more places, like paying a quarter of the field or something?
2: I don't like that idea. Um, I do think that a big draw to MTTs is the competitive nature of getting to the money. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I do think that uh, a big aspect of being able to still maintain a, a livable ROI, if you mm-hmm. will, is the fact that eighty-five percent of the field won't cash, sure. you know, eighty-eight percent of the field in some some instances. If you start to increase the cash rate to like twenty-five, I think ROIs are going to take like a pretty reasonable dip. Uh, people's floors will raise, so you'll see a lot more people hovering around zero than you saw in the past. Probably true. Um, but you know, the ceilings will be reduced from whatever they may be now. It depends, I guess, like on the average buying or whatever. But you know, we're somewhere. We're for sure less than 100% mm-hmm. across the board in almost everything now, uh, which is a pretty far cry from where we were 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, there was it was a longstanding thought that there were plenty of people beating the World Series main event for like 500%, 1,000% ROI in yeah. theory. And
3: I think we, we more or less know that that's bullshit now, right? Like, I think so, yeah. I think we, we have enough evidence just from these bets that people are making, like the Brewer bet, the Dan Zack bet, like – these bets of take 100 players, do they cash for 1.5 buy-ins or not? Yeah. Like, I think the results of those, it, from what I read on Twitter, a lot of the results on those hinged on Toby Lewis specifically. Yeah. Well, that's the way it, <laughs> like, it, it ends up being every single right. year.
2: Yeah. But that's not very fair for the better to point out the anomaly because that's a byproduct of the bet. Sure. Is that mm-hmm. if you pull 100 people, you should land on an anomaly. Yeah,
3: I, I see what you mean. But I, I, guess, I guess all I'm saying is that like, it wasn't like, it was not close in favor of they way outperformed 1.5x bytes. Right, right, right. Like right. If, it, if they had performed at way above, like to the point where Toby didn't even matter, Sure. then we would now start to have evidence in favor of, like, oh, maybe some people are beating it for 300%. You know?
2: Agreed. Uh, I guess I guess the counter to that is that there will always be a Korai, a, a Toby type of player. Yeah. And uh, the, the theory behind it is that one to five percent of the field may qualify Mm -hmm. so it's not that it's you know mtt's are very volatile they're high variance so it's not necessarily that uh every time you buy in your expectation should be a deep run or anything along those lines but it's just that that small collection of cherry-picked players are often going to have a representative um at the final table more frequently so to give you an idea in 2017 uh i played the super high roller bowl Uh, It was the year three that they had it. 56 players. um, And at the time, high rollers were still pretty brand new. Yeah. So almost everyone in the room played the main event still. And I said, I I proposed a bet at my table. It was me, Perkins, uh, Robel, Chewy, Dan Smith, and I think Rainer was there. Um, And I proposed a bet and I said, how many people in this room or, or sorry, sorry, uh, what do you think the odds are that somebody in this room makes the main event final table? Mm. And uh, Robo threw out, like, really long odds, like 30 to 1 or mm-hmm. 50 to 1 or something like that. And Perkins and I just snapped it up. Wow. We just, like, really quickly snapped it up because uh, I don't even think that Robo was necessarily on the wrong side of it. Mm. Like, what makes him uncomfortable to make the bet is that the asymmetric downside is so yeah. great, and we're not betting a lot of money um so you know i think i think ultimately perkins bet i don't even remember it might have been like 50k to win like 1.5 wow which is silly right yeah. mm-hmm. but ben lamb final table so it yeah. was it was what are the odds that somebody in this room will win the main event ah okay. so we could have hedged mm-hmm. ben actually final tabled it ben yeah. Lamb. um and like looking back on it it's like yeah when you take a collection of really good players that have a higher high roi in the event it's not the one in 10,000 shot that it appears to be on paper. Obviously, there's, there's a slant to this, yeah. and it's reflected in their collective ROI. Now, is their collective ROI 500%, 700%? Almost certainly not. And we're realizing that more and more year over year. But that's not to say that in like 2008, that wasn't the case. Right. There very well could have been people that were printing... ROI is well into the mid six figures.
3: I honestly think they probably were, and I think the biggest reason why there aren't any more is because when you look at the when you look at the deep stages of the main event now, you're you're in a position where 80 90 percent of people by the time you get to fifty hundred left 80 90 percent of people are pros. Right. And the the scale of the mistakes that happens is just so much smaller. Yes, like exactly.
2: It's, the game's just it gotten yeah, significantly yeah, tougher. Right. It's
3: just it's so tough. I said this to. Uh, I think it was I was talking with Andrew Barber on Twitter. Um like it's just almost impossible for a fish to win the main event ever again. Like it's just so so unlikely now. Because even though we're getting people finishing like we had uh Jan Peter Yakman finish like fourth or fifth. Like you could make an argument that he's a fish because he was making some weird plays. You could make an argument that the Ukrainian guy was a fish. Like you could you could make an argument that George Holmes who got second to Koray, is a fish. But like yeah. I'm not like these guys are people who are at at a bare minimum, they're almost guaranteed to be slight winners in the event. They're not mm-hmm. like the whales in the pool who are just like drawing super thin, right? Right, right. The, even like John Hesp, who final tabled it a few years back, who was like relatively obviously a fish, um, he didn't win, right? Because he got to the final table and he just made massive mistakes. He made yeah. like five figure mistakes routinely. And it's just, we're, we're in a, a time now where you just have to know how to play late stage poker in order to have any real shot here because you're going to be. 30, 40, 50, 60 bigs deep, and it's so easy to just make monster mistakes at that point.
2: Yeah, I, I think mm-hmm. I think we see it every year, and it's becoming more and more of a focal point because these are the people that their coverage gets mm-hmm. highlighted. But Kui Win won, I believe it was 2015 might have been 16. I can't... 15. Okay, yeah, 15, 18, and then yeah. Johnson Sin won 16, I think, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Sin won 18. Or 18, yeah, 16 yeah. 16 was... McKeon? McKeon, McKeon, McKeon or, or, was 15,
3: Kui Wen was 16. That's right. Okay, I remember yeah. That's right. yeah. Okay, yeah. Blumstein, 17. 17, right. Sin, 18.
2: Okay, so yeah. uh, So the year Kui Wen won, 2016, uh, solvers were still relatively new and certainly not being...
3: Very new, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, P- P.O. was like a year old.
2: Right, and they certainly weren't being applied very much to MTTs at that right. point. So you could see a lot of that volatility coming to a head and if you look back at that final table uh and this is no slight against anybody who made it but there were a lot of risk averse players in that Mm -hmm. in that field so qui kind of just being a degenerate (laughs) like took a lot of really bad spots and Mm -hmm. i mean uh he put a big beat on backs i think he said over set him if i recall correctly something like that um but outside of you know a little bit of good fortune that went his way he also won a bunch of uncontested pots and a bunch of other hands that like he just wasn't supposed to win kind of thing right your point that that's going to be very difficult to manifest now is should be incredibly glaring after having watched the coverage the last three or four years mm-hmm. we saw the rigby effect twice and it works until it doesn't yeah. <laughs> right like rigby is able to create a lot of havoc and a lot of chaos inside of 100 players mm-hmm. but inside of three tables there are just way too many sharp pros who like understand how to steer volatility one way or the other right. mm-hmm. and take advantage of the fact that this guy is clicking buttons
3: yeah and this this happened the first time he went deep yeah like it happened he, he like just punted off to mitch halverson when mitch rivered a flush right and just gave away like a big highly valuable stack in a spot where it was like just a terrible bluff spot you know yeah. so it just like that would have happened again if he'd gone deeper this right
2: time. right and like you know, it's 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 the unfortunate truth. I love watching rugby play. Yeah,
3: it's great to watch. I love the heart. Yeah, I love everything sure.
2: about it. Even Adam, to a certain degree, it's like I know he's a grinder and I know that he, you know, puts work into like thinking about the game, but he plays so fast mm-hmm. and so reactionary and everything is so instinctual that somebody who's calculated and studied is just going to pick that apart. Right. Right. And you know, it could have worked out that uh he back jams those eights and. Uh, you know, doesn't run into Weinman's birds, but instead runs into like ace king and maybe flip. out flips him yeah. or, or maybe Weinman yeah, folds. Weinman
3: just has king queen and folds, Yeah, and yeah. just
2: has a fold there like whatever. Maybe, you know, we see him navigate his way through a little bit uh, deeper than, than finishing third. But I think ultimately like that hand was kind of an embodiment of what was bound to happen. And I don't mean that as a slight. I just mean it to kind of reinforce the point that you're making that it's very hard to not be in the know playing against people who are in the know mm-hmm. and then find the will to win. Yeah. You right. know, cause it's not as simple as just wanting it. It's, it's about navigating nodes that these guys are super fucking ch- Last year was, I mean, or this, this, this past world series, final table, like it was a real shot for an amateur to win. Not because, you know, Adam or Weinman or Toby aren't great players, but compared to the year prior, right. this was a wiffle ball game. Yeah. Like the year with Espen and uh, Attenborough, and like, you know, these mm-hmm. guys, they're fucking sizing down to a tenth of a big blind yeah. correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: It's, not, it's not a coincidence that two years back to back, we had Karai and Espen win the main event. These are guys who play high rollers, these are like top. 50 players in the world both of them probably yeah Parai plays a ton of different games like these guys under ta- understand tournament poker on a really deep level it's not a coincidence they both won the main event
2: yeah and yeah and i mean you can look at other corollary events like the the win championship right uh or, or sorry the wpt championship in december the the previous win millions mm-hmm. that ran before that toby chopped that one three-handed Is that uh, the one
3: that andrew moreno won
2: yeah, uh good. yeah, I I yeah, I, I can't remember. I know they chopped three-handed. I don't know how it played I out. Think Andrew, but I think Andrew, Andrew ended up winning Yeah, okay. got the trophy. Here. Um yeah, so he won that one, you know, Glazer got heads up versus uh I can't remember the kid from Montreal's name now that won the the win championship in Elliot December.
3: Houdin? Elliot Houdon? Elliot Hudon or different guy? Hudson?
2: I, I think I think you're right. I think it was Elliot, but I can't recall. Um they had the big clash with the Ace Jack yeah, versus right. Kings. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, Elliot. Yeah. Uh, he's okay. obviously an online grinder. Right. Benny's been around for years, can play many games he's online. A, grinder he's a crusher. Yeah. It's like, you, you just don't see too many non, I'm going to use this term very loosely, but household names. Mm-hmm. What I mean by household names are like, you know, long-standing pros that people within the community are going to recognize yeah. pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you don't see that that often. And if you do, it ends up being like some young gun who's on the rise. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the kid that just won the venom. Mm-hmm. Uh, my apologies, I can't remember his name. He he beat me heads up in the 5K turbo in Florida uh, a year ago or so. But like he's just been on an MTT tear, and prior to that, he was a regular like 1K NL. Right. I was like this is no surprise. Mm-hmm.
1: I can't believe I can't remember his name either. You were the one who told me about it. I know. Fuck. I don't know his name. Jesus Christ. Another
3: example was um...
1: Selena Gomez. That's his name online. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's, that's Another bad. Example. Brandon
3: Love. Brandon what?
1: Love. Something. Love Damn it, I'm the worst. Your Honor. um
3: Danny Tang, who just won the Triton event today. Yeah. Like, when I... The, the event that I went deep in, like, five years ago, like, the 1K, I remember he was, he was like, in top 50 in that event. And I recognized him from that point. And I've seen that progression. Because I remember playing with this guy and being like, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, now, like... Playing the high rollers, you know the progression still exists. Yeah, yeah. But tournaments are tough now. People know how to play, and the main event is is not an event where you can expect to get to a final table and just have people making five six figure mistakes. Like,
0: did you s- did you see that hand that um, that um, <clears throat> Winter played with his three and a half big blinds? No. Where it was it was blind versus, they he, he had three and a half big blinds to start the hand, mm-hmm. and they played three streets of poker. With a non-all-in bet on the river. Wow,
3: that's impressive. <laughs> I, 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 did, I haven't seen that, but I so, played I played a hand against Johannes Strava, who was um, playing a bunch of the Triton ones this uh, this week. Like I played a hand against him in the summer and uh, the Venetian event that I ended up getting like second in. He uh, he I I had like average stack and he had like six bigs in the big blind and I limped limped. Or, uh, he had 5.5 bigs behind in the big blind i limped the small blind and then barreled off for one big blind one big blind two big 2.5 <laughs> yeah. all in and he called me down and like was right like i had a bluff but I, I remember thinking at the time like man i if you'd look back like five years ago i wouldn't have thought that i could even triple barrel off off five big blinds right. you know like the yeah, game is no, changing people yeah, are it, playing it, short stacks differently now
0: this hand went it, he had uh king eight off mm-hmm. uh in the small blind so he has three i think the the, blind, the big blind was um, 100K, so yeah. he had 350K, so 50's in the middle. He decides to just call. He limps. Okay. He limps, right? Because, and it's smart because yeah. it's like, you know, if trap. you just shove, they, they, I, I forget who the, uh, who the guy in the big blind was, but he had 40, He had 4.5 million, so right. he, he's obviously just calling, like, his whole range, yeah, probably. And it's,
3: it's, yeah, it's just, a, it's basically like your king highs are like your traps when you get really yeah. shallow at that right, point. Right,
0: yeah. right, yeah so and and also like if you go you go to the flop you can like i don't know if he would just
3: you dominate some of the 8x that he right. checks back yeah. instead of jamming yeah.
0: yeah so it comes king jack six okay so um he checks and uh oh the other guy had 10 4 off okay right checks back turn um an ace now he bets one big blind Mm-hmm. The 10-4 the, the t- the just turned to gutter, so calls. Yeah. Uh, River, another king. He bets uh, 125, leaving himself 25,000 behind. Huh. And 10 high calls. <laughs>
3: that's funny.
0: <laughs> so sick.
3: That's a great hand. That's right. A, that's, that's a Sean a, Winter hand. That's a Sean Winter hand, right, yeah. I love watching Sean Winter play because he just does creative yeah, it's, stuff, it's, man. It's,
0: it's wild. It's like watching these Triton events, like nobody, like you just think like, oh, you're sub 10 big blinds, you're just... You'd find a hand you rip, right? And that's just not how they play. Yeah, like, that's, that's they true. find creative ways to just not put all their chips in the middle. They're really interesting. I got to tell a lot you, of you want like
2: to know where that doesn't work? Open field events.
0: Uh,
2: well, I try this right. shit. <laughs> I try this shit. Like, I have seven blinds yeah. folds me in the small, and I got like five, four off. And I'm like, all right, yeah, we got to we got to get in there i limp all in how many chips you got all in i'm all in every fucking time they're all yeah. fucking in you just gotta just got a
3: limp call like queen four suited you know just got a trap with the queen hearts. i
2: i limp called 10 nine suited one day and got promptly punished by got five re- four off. i was
3: i thought you were gonna say you got wrecked by jack 10 off no
2: like, no, no. Like, it was it, it was uh five four off oh you
3: got wrecked by an even worse hand
2: yeah, yeah. (laughs) my play was correct there was another situation where i think i jammed uh i think i jammed this was in the 3k 6 max two summers ago so i don't i don't remember the exact hand Uh,
3: two summers ago was like 1975 in terms of strategy man i know
2: i know that that's that look i know i didn't i didn't properly trap my hand i opened jammed i Uh, opened jammed jack 10 off and I just got absolutely snapped by five three suited and was drawing dead.
3: I honestly, it might just be your image personally. People yeah, just People just think you never have it, and so they just call I, you. I don't
2: think it, I don't even necessarily know if it's that. I think that they think I'm incapable of like being patient enough to actually oh, trap. yeah, yeah. And like call. <laughs>
3: that's very very possible.
2: I remember another hand. It was during the the win championship, or sorry, the WPT championship at the win, uh, where it went. Under the gun open and folded to me in the small blind. I had aces off of uh, 11. And I flat. And the big blind comes along. And it comes like king high two hearts. And I have aces I think no heart. And I block. Big blind calls. Under the gun folds. Turn is a brick. uh, And the SPR is like two. So I set up Mm -hmm. 2E. So I think it was like half Half pot-ish. And I half pot. He calls. And the river's a king of hearts. (laughs) oh I check and he just puts me in Mm -hmm. I was like I can't fucking believe I'm in a situation to fold (laughs) this hand right now (laughs) how do you people live like Uh. this (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck is going There's on? There's no here? shot. You folded. I folded. Oh, you did. I folded wow. face up, and okay. he showed me ki- and he showed me king queen. Wow. Okay. Nice. I was beside myself, livid. I had four blinds left. I'm like, this is so goddamn stupid. But you know what? You know what? Though that's why you don't slow play aces. You know? <laughs> fuck you. <yeah. laughs> <laughs> Fucking fuck off. I remember sending the hand to Landon. He was like. He, You know, it didn't happen to him, so he has no emotions around the hand at all. He's like, good job, Matt. You played the hand really well. I was like, fuck you, man. I don't care about playing the hand Uh, well. I want my blinds back.
3: You're really in the wreck mindset for MTTs now. You're like, Like, I don't give a shit about playing well. I just want to fucking win. Do you think I care? I have
2: four big blinds in the cutoff right now. Like, leave me alone.
3: Four well, big blends that's a limp folding stack. Yeah, Jesus exactly. Christ. <laughs> that, that, this was
2: me way back in the day. Oh, man. Uh,
3: so, yeah, uh, know, we, we mentioned Nick Rigby earlier. Should we talk about Poker Out Loud and how we're going to get Nick Rigby on? Uh, are we going to get Rigby on? I oh, doubt man. it.
2: I mean, Rigby would do it. So he, you it, think he'd do it? Oh, 100%, okay, 100%. he would do it.
3: Well, I, people were putting his name in the, uh, the suggestions on Twitter yeah. and... Uh, I, I think like people would be disappointed if he came on, I feel like. I
2: think that's true of every single suggestion yeah. that's thrown out there. because <laughs> His
3: suggestions were so wild. They're,
2: they're so take. polarizing. It's mm-hmm. Linus or Recreational. Yeah. The, the, that's all they put up there is like yeah. get Linus on or get a recreational on and all they're gonna find is if you get Linus on you're gonna wish you never met your hero yeah because he's just going to regurgitate solver strategy and mm-hmm. that's fantastic yeah we're all gonna be in awe
0: I mean people but are, like he's people not are asking the- for me am I Linus or am my wreck well you decide Brian <laughs> tortoise you could you just decide. your tortoise
3: theory optimal
2: also T- if you wanna, if you want to watch the tortoise play poker out loud you can do so on our YouTube channel we have uh, a season of Onlyfans. Mm. only fans only do friends <laughs> But yeah, so it's like, you know, if you get Linus on there, it's it's not going to be that far off from what you saw when Espen was on there. And people were complaining. They're like, this fucking guy's mixing for every decision. It's people like,
3: complained about Espen? I didn't see that. Oh, my God. Oh
2: my God. He, he mixed... Uh, he probably had, I don't know, a dozen decisions. Yeah. And he just vocally mixed for all he's of them. Yeah. All of them. Okay. <laughs> and it's like, this is what makes him really good. Yeah. Obviously. He's world fucking champ. Right. Come on, man. But like, the viewers is just like, I don't mix. Why are you mix? And it's like, what do you think Linus is going to do, man? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not. I, I think that they think that there's like some hidden mystery or. They
3: think that there's a secret sauce, man. They, yeah. They like, think there's somebody out there who has the secret sauce and that if that person is on poker out loud, they're going to expose it. And it's going to reveal that actually GTO is bullshit and you should just do this or this or whatever else. Do
2: you want to know why I think that mindset exists? It's because what people don't recognize is that the, uh, we've been talking, I've been beating this drama for like a week, but the quote unquote best in the world are the online players. Mm -hmm. And the reason they're best in the world is because their precision uh, is, is top notch. It's world-class. Nobody's more precise at the way they execute their strategies than online players and, and high rollers. Right. But the reason for that is because they're they're making decisions at volume like massive volume a guy like I don't know how much he's playing online these days but like let's say in his heyday a guy like Linus might make 10 million decisions in the course of a few months six months maybe right like if he plays a half a million hands a year he's probably on average going to make like three or four decisions per hand yeah. mm-hmm. so you're looking at like two million, uh, two million decisions per hand a year or whatever the case may be. So maybe I was a little bit exaggeratory or exaggerating in the beginning, but whatever. Like he's making millions of decisions in a year. All he cares about is getting those decisions right. He's not sitting there like trying to draw outside the line and say like, oh, how can I really fuck it? Like maybe a dozen times all year long, Mm -hmm. he just radically deviates.
3: Especially because he's playing thousands of hands against the same exact players. Right. Like Mm -hmm. heads up in a lot of cases. Yeah. You just can't, you can't go heavy... On exploits when you're doing that because immediately a decent player is going to be like, Oh, okay, he's over bluffing in this spot yeah. dramatically. I now I'm just never going to fold it, you know? right? And
2: of course, like I'm, I'm speaking with hyperbole in the sense of like saying, like, Oh, he only deviates a dozen times, but he operates with precision like millions of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, it's not going to be that extreme. You're going to see like some outlier decisions and you're going to see like creative genius mm-hmm. shine through. But the point is, if we had him play 50 hands on poker out loud, it would be very by the book and standard, it would be so
3: boring mm-hmm. unless uh, unless one specific hand came up that was such a unique and weird spot right. that he was forced to like play some play differently somehow. Yeah. But right. like it just it's so unlikely.
2: And the inverse to that is a recreational that has no precision to their strategy. So mm-hmm. the viewers watching want there to be a secret sauce because they don't make their decisions in in mass, mm-hmm. right? They they don't have a high volume of decisions to make the average live player might only make tens of thousands of decisions a year at most. Right. And the amount of precision necessary in those spots isn't all that great because of how much volatility there is, the mistakes that are being made by their opposition. Like there's just such an, a, a large exchange of EV. You won't even notice if you're getting it right or wrong. A lot of the time right. it just comes out in the wash. So you have an audience that is from one environment that recognizes players from another environment are the best at their craft. And they want to somehow distill that down into something that applies in their slow-moving, one-off. Like, you know, we talk about this all the time, but in live poker, you could literally play every single spot like it's a unique spot. Mm -hmm. And you can throw balance out the door uh, or out the window in a large regard and just do what's incentivized to make the most amount of money in that exact situation. And you'll probably do pretty well. You can never do that when you're making millions of decisions a year, right? So the, what, what ends up happening is the audience that's crying for this master to reveal his secrets gets very disappointed when they realize that his secrets are just playing well over the long run
0: because mm-hmm. that's
2: not really anything unique. You play, know? Go,
3: play good and play a lot. Right, know? yeah. yeah.
2: So, so then they go, well, all right, we didn't get what we wanted from that camp. Throw some recreationals in there so I can figure out how to beat the fish in my game. <laughs> I want to hear what they're thinking. And no one believes me when I say what they're thinking is non existent. <laughs> like, and this isn't a slight against recreationals all or right. anything, but like, when I mean that they're not thinking, I mean that they don't have a strategy to compare anything to. So all they're doing is reacting. They're saying, I have hand X, this is the board. And I can either get value from worse or I'm beaten by a lot of hands. Therefore, my action is going to reflect that. I can get value from worse, so I bet. I'm beaten by a lot of hands, so I check. Now I'm facing a bet and I'm uncomfortable, but I have a hand that doesn't want to fold, so I call. Or there's an ace on board and I have kings, so I'm doing a fold. And there's no range analysis there. There's no grander strategy. It's just all predicated off a of feel mm-hmm. based off a of reaction to the new information that's coming in reacting to the new information that's coming in so it's like well then what's the happy medium the happy medium is guys like me that understand both of these worlds relatively well and are willing to put on a show and just say like okay i'm going to take it to the streets here 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 and here because you're watching an entertaining product number one and number two I can navigate this still within the framework of a strategy Mm -hmm. and it's not going to look good when we run it through a solve but I have my reasons and I think that they're justified and and will earn money and the outcry for all three is just like this fucking sucks (laughs) like one is you're boring the other side is you're stupid and then the in between of me is you don't know how to play poker like this doesn't look like what I'm used to seeing it's probably good
3: for your EV though
2: The the long con of me building this business was just me getting seats in games. (laughs) You were
3: were angling for that $1 million heads up challenge and you got Mm
2: it. (laughs) Can't believe how that that played out. But uh, in all seriousness, uh, I think that all three of these characters that we're talking about provide tremendous value to somebody who actually wants to kind of learn the ins and outs of live poker. Because if you're actually developing a strategy where you are reasonably studied like you have the heuristics of game theory kind of outlined and now you're thrust into the live environment it won't take very many hands before you look around and go oh this isn't this isn't the lab this isn't the the uh vacuum that i've learned things in they keep fucking calling from the low jack like you're not allowed <laughs> to do that i they haven't keep found this opening si- to 6x yeah, like, what's going on yeah it's like on? it's like these are these are breaking my traditional study metrics so now what do I do and the thing that you'll recognize is that like each and every one of these guys falls into some of these buckets and you can have a certain expectation for how it molds their thought process moving forward there's a lot to be revealed when you just get to listen to these people talk about how they think about the game but no one really wants to go that route they want to be very critical and say like oh this guy thinks he's really great at poker but here he is cold 4 betting 10-7 suited like what a fucking idiot right but it's just like you can do, I mean, there are no rules to this game. Like, yeah, maybe it's not good. Fine. But what does it matter? That's not the point. Mm -hmm. The point is to sit back, relax, watch, and listen. Right? And so, like, ultimately, when it comes to me building out a dream lineup, I would love to have three characters from each of those buckets. Mm -hmm. Find me three guys that are really precise in their strategies. A Jeremiah, an Espen, um, you know, uh, a, a Ewan, a Landon, Guys like that. Give me three of those guys. Then give me three guys that play street poker. That are just like willing to freestyle their way through but understand strategy pretty deeply. Somebody like Nick Howard. Someone like myself. uh, Maybe even like a Shulman to a certain degree. Although I think he's gravitating a little bit more into the precise camp these days.
3: That bracelet photo says otherwise. <laughs>
2: that. Very. <laughs> That's very street good. poker in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. That photo. Very fair point. But like a Bryn Kenny, for example. Yeah. Not, not to give him too much shine. Not that we're, like, gonna we're gonna have, him gonna have Bryn no, Kenny. Of course even. not. <laughs> no. <laughs> of course not. No foul like, poison
3: in this house. Someone like that. Someone, someone right. of
2: that elk, right? Like somebody that understands yeah. how the game works at equilibrium, but like just really does a lot of creative stuff to take it to the streets.
3: Chance actually is. Chance is another chance. great chance.
2: example. Yeah, another great example. We honestly
1: yeah. should try to get Chance.
2: Yeah, I think you know I'll yeah. reach out to him for sure.
1: He hit me up before the series and said he would come on. So perfect, definitely get him on. Let's do it.
2: And then you know finally you get a couple of people that are like five ten grinders, but you know are weekend warriors. And for for what it's worth, we did have a couple quote unquote weekend warriors on last season. They did well. They held their own, but like you know the the thought process wasn't like super revealing. It, again, it's kind of exactly what you expect it to be. They're talking about their hand they're talking about the board and they're talking about what beats them and what doesn't mm-hmm. and that's fine that's a great starting point to to come from so i think like being able to mix and match those strategies together when you're watching a show ultimately provides maximum entertainment and you know some sort of return from an educational standpoint mm-hmm. it's really fucking hard though to please anybody yeah. <laughs> if, if we made that lineup and we put it out like on youtube for everybody to watch we would just get absolutely filleted mm-hmm. because people would be so critical of the wrecks, you know, that they would just never ever want to do it again. And then by comparison, the, the freestylers or the street poker players would look like shit compared to the guys that are mixing every single decision, mm-hmm. right? And then the guys that are mixing every decision would look so boring compared to the guys that's called for betting Jack 10 off.
3: Yeah. yeah. Maybe we need to just make it all the work. Need to work, do a worked episode of Poker Out Loud and just rig the deck and just have everybody script their answers in advance and. Well, that know.
2: just kind of defeats the whole purpose. Well, of. I'm not being serious. <laughs>
3: Jeez, I'm I'm kidding here. I'm trying to call you, back to earlier. You can't work with me here. Come you on. can't make
2: jokes about things that are already conspiracies. <laughs> okay. people yeah, people already think we do that. Yeah, I actually probably they shouldn't do, make jokes yeah. about that stuff. Like people Great. will start taking us too. Like seriously. there's no way this is real. Perlat is using this as. Future evidence mm-hmm. as we speak. He's Pallad taking is notes, putting together his case. He's on a Discord channel right now, mm-hmm. making his case as to how rigged <laughs> he's, clipping all
3: he's in the the poker QAnon Discord channel, like <laughs> right? whatever whatever specific demographic that what? is. What
2: would the equivalent of QAnon be for live streams are rigged in in poker?
3: Uh, it might be like possible didn't cheat. Right. Like that, <laughs> might, that might be the QAnon of poker. Yeah. The
2: The Rounders Magazine is <laughs> yeah. is the QAnon of poker. Right. Yeah. That's actually pretty fitting yeah i I mean that for me would be a dream do you guys have anyone in mind that
3: i i was thinking about this earlier because i know you the question you asked on twitter was like what's your dream lineup i was thinking about like who would i who if i could pick one person that i've never played with to play with i think it'd be duh i think it'd be tom duan there would be a great great fit he was one of the big reasons i got into poker so much but in the early years of when i did get into it i've never met him never played with him it would be fucking awesome to get him on poker out loud I know, yeah. I know you know him, so throw, throw an invite out there.
2: Yeah, it's possible. I, I think he's in LA, but maybe if there's a chance he's still here towards the end of August, I could try. I, I think like my short list would be Durr, Daniel. Um, I, I think Fedor would be a really good Fedor would be great, fit. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, chance would be a good get. I think Jason Kuhn would be a good get, although... would be
1: a great get. I want a drunk Bemba.
2: I think... We'll do a whole <laughs> drunk <puk right laughs> Bemba. Be, drunk drunk Bemba would be great. <laughs> <laughs> the problem with Bemba is that I actually think he would be fucking fantastic for this format, mm-hmm. but I don't think he has it in himself to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Like I think he couldn't help but troll.
0: Yeah, he'd have a great time, of course. Time.
2: Which is just like it's it's fine, but it's also like kind of not. Maybe we'll get him on, and you and him can just do like
3: a
1: massive
2: crossbook. <laughs> yeah, that actually. <laughs> there you go. Maybe we'll have to play short deck.
1: <laughs> short deck poker out loud. Yeah. You trying to get another house or something?
3: Yeah. Well, how, how about this? You, I would lose you, and mine. Ben, you and Ben are playing short deck. The rest of us get the whole deck. Right.
2: right, right. <laughs> that, that would be bad for the rest of you.
3: Uh yeah actually it's big really-
2: handicap yeah.
3: oh, why, why uh, clearly this is a guy who lasted like seven hands in the short deck event this summer uh, yeah.
2: that was the one to max late reg by the way
3: yeah I didn't i I played at the beginning, played seven hands busted did they yep.
2: they, they didn't do what they do with p l o where they give you multiple chips?
3: no, they uh, did not they, okay. I actually don't think they gave a big enough starting stack because mm-hmm. i like i played like i I was there for seven hands, I played like two medium sized pots, and then I was all in. you
2: heard was, what like, happened, right? Uh, no, what, what happened? Uh, so they kind of screwed the pooch somehow with the structure. Mm-hmm. And when registration was closing, they were like, uh, I think like 90% of the field was out.
1: Jeez. Wow. That's fucking Wait. sick. They
3: can't have been in the money.
2: No. Sorry, sorry. 80% of the field was out. Oh,
3: so they were, like, close to the bubble. They were
2: very close to the bubble. Man,
3: I really should have maxed that. Yeah,
2: people were, like, max late regging, getting, you know, whatever, 10 antis, or whatever the case was. And they were basically, like, going hand for hand.
3: Wow, that's wild.
2: Um, Yeah, they really fucked that up. Yeah, I I think... I didn't realize that they didn't do this, but I think short deck, very similarly to PLO, is... uh, The volatility is just so immense Mm -hmm. that I think the... um, the multiple chips to give you yeah. uh, more than one bullet per per buy-in is like really necessary. Wait, what is this now? You get so in PLO events. I don't know if they still do this, but I know that they had. I don't for think they do it in PLO decade. anymore. Oh really?
3: I don't think so. Well, I don't okay. think WSOP ever does it.
2: WSOP used to do it for like well over a decade.
3: Right, but I, I what I'm saying is I don't. I've never heard of an event doing that
1: like I recently. The, recently, I played the PLO okay. events. What happened?
2: Uh, so they used to do for one buy-in, they would give you like two or three bullets. And oh, you could really? take them. You could take them all at once, or you could use them mm. sparingly, you okay. know, a, as you needed. But once registration was over, you had to take them. Yeah. No, they nope. didn't do it this year. Nope. Yeah, could be because they introduced antes. It's
1: not yeah. this year. This year or last year. Yeah. Or two years ago. I
2: mean, honestly, it kind of makes sense too because the fields are getting so big. They probably don't care yeah. about slowing the the structure down that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with short deck, it's fast. I mean, there's just like because it's not pot limit preflop. So like you can just have jack 10 suited and just right. be all in all I, the time. Do you think
3: it should be part-limit preflop?
2: Uh maybe for tournament structures. So I, it, I don't it, think it for kind cash. of feels like it
3: should be. Like, yeah. It sort of feels like it's the same reason why we don't play no limit omaha, you know. It's right. like just going all in is so powerful.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I wonder but, I wonder what the equities are of like aces versus an average hand in short deck
3: i think it's like aces is about 65 percent compared to like 80 in regular hold'em. right
2: that that sounds about right i wonder what it is in plo like bad aces versus it's about the same an average hand. okay Something yeah like that, that makes sense. maybe
3: a bit less even in plo i'm not sure though PLO, uh, i PLO think yeah
2: bad. honestly i think like no limit uh plo post-flop would be very interesting yeah that would be not cool. pre-flop so much but like mm. the ability to overbet
3: overbetting in plo would
2: be with great. the amount of like with equities running as close as they do and the difficulty in mm-hmm. polarizing on early streets, the option to be all in uh for for greater than pot mm-hmm. is is very intriguing.
1: So yeah. are we talking? Pot limit pre, post no limit?
2: I, I think that the honestly I think like all big bet games would be served really well by that, but no Limit Hold'em, it's not necessary. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I, I also think, here's my, my theory, is I think No Limit Hold'em should experiment with using the short deck anti-structure instead of
2: We did this for like six months in the big game mm-hmm. back in 2018. Was it good? I oh, loved cool. it. Yeah. Um, and honestly, the Rex, I don't think, liked it because they felt the anti coming out every single hand. Uh-huh. Like, there's a big difference. Because it, truly, it's just half a blind, right? Mm-hmm. It's not even really an anti. Yeah. You get to act on it. What they didn't realize, though, was it, uh, it it afforded them the ability to play so many more hands pre. Yeah. The counter to that, or the downside to that, is that the good players were just all in pre flop a lot, mm. um, and that's not what the recreational like. They don't want to have seven four off, have to put in another half big blind every single time, mm-hmm. and then just get jammed on by the button. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think part of like having that structure run is changing it a little bit i don't think the button should be the the double ante mm. i think it should be somebody out of position maybe first act left of the button mm-hmm. so that they get to close the action because mm. now they <coughs> sacrifice position post but then
3: aren't we eventually creating a game where it's basically like everybody's a small blind and then there's a big blind
2: i mean that's what that's what the short deck game structure is oh i suppose you're right yeah uh it's just and, well, it's just that it's the just only
3: difference the, is that who acts first and last post flop yeah or pre right?
2: well, well yeah whatever, and guess. the idea behind the button being the the double entity is that uh they're incentivized to check because they have ultimate position post right yeah where if you're first act post you should just be stealing mm-hmm. at a higher frequency yeah um but yeah i don't know it, it's kind of interesting because you know it, it was very obvious that like the first three positions just never put in a raise mm-hmm. So, if you were just in the first three spots, you just always limped. Just limp range. Uh, yeah. Then, some folds. Yeah, yeah. And then you just left it up to the middle of the table or the button yeah. to ultimately decide if they wanted to take aggressive action or not.
3: Right. So, I, I think it, it probably would end up playing pretty similarly to a lot of those events that they had that were, like, anti-only structures. It basically, right. Basically be the same thing.
2: Yeah, kind of
3: um because though i know those events they still had blinds they just had the blinds stayed the same the whole way through and the ante went up
2: that's uh yeah so without escalating if you're talking about cash games um well i was
3: talking about the 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 one year that like it was like 2014 or something
2: no no i know what you're talking about ante only? Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah the the tournaments but i'm Relay, saying yeah. like they do this on hustler as well for cash so oh, okay. they do the the five dollar ante game mm-hmm. uh where everybody antes five bucks and that's uh the the blinds are five, five.
3: Oh, so it's just a, a huge anti pre
2: yeah so it's massive so the bring in ends up being like a hundred mm-hmm. but you could truly just limp for five every time if you wanted you could raise to ten if you want you know what i mean like yeah you it's don't a have
0: five to... hundred game right
2: is that no. what it is oh no you don't, don't have to bring it why, why don't we
3: do that structure for poker out loud we'll just do a huge ante. just everybody antes one big blind
0: no i'm saying it's five five and then the anti's a hundred Yes,
2: it's paid by the big blind, but right, right, it's right. it's effectively like, supposed so to be just an a, anti a per huge person.
3: Basically, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: I don't think it's fixed at a hundred. I think it's meant to be five dollars per person or ten dollars right. per whatever mm-hmm. they're doing mm-hmm. it as. Um, so I imagine if the game gets short-handed, it doesn't the yeah. ante decreases. Yeah.
3: yeah, let's do that for poker Out Loud, man. Let's play some big antes.
2: I mean, we could. What's? But uh, everybody
3: outside their comfort zone.
2: Well, everybody except yeah. you. <laughs> Ten thousand big blinds depends deep.
3: it depends who we get it depends uh depends if we get a lineup of tournament donks like me or if we get a bunch of cash game <laughs> crushes like
2: yeah honestly it's not a bad idea to play with the structure a little bit because uh we'll have two different lineups between the two days or at least there'll be some change i think
3: oh by the way i i am available for the second day oh, okay uh, only from 3 p.m onwards but i'm assuming that's roughly yeah it'll probably be around
2: anyway. when we yeah, shoot anyway so
3: i can do both days if you
2: want um yeah uh, yeah i mean we could Here's the thing. I was always hesitant to to fuck around with the structure to get it to a point where it was something that was foreign to the audience, mm-hmm. um, because th- at that point it's like, well, what are we really training them to do? But it's tenth season, so it's like they have yeah. nine iterations of games that are spread in the casino. Yeah. Um, so yeah, doing something like a uh, big anti-structure, doing something like, um, you know, bomb pots, stand-up game. Honestly, I I think like adding that stuff in mm. and talking about the strategies that are utilized that's probably, there, yeah, it's probably it's probably worth something. And more importantly, it's nice because uh you kind of lose some of the criticism of like, well, this is already solved and you guys don't know the answer, right? Which you know, it's like that's not the point because it's supposed to be it's supposed to replicate live poker mm-hmm. where the answers aren't so clear.
1: Yeah, but yeah, oh, yeah. seven Deuce we'll game would be fun. I just we can add in the seven Deuce Bounty. Yeah, we'll play a PLO game, too. Relax. Just, we'll play all, all right. of them.
3: We'll play stand-up games, right, seven-deuce you know game, jack-four game. Play every, every, <laughs> every
1: variant. Big anties. You know what? Let's do a deuce to seven. Mm-hmm. One day. Deuce to seven. Only friends in there. You know, what it's a party. What, what
3: no limits single draw? Popo, yeah.
1: Roll yeah, the man. music, man. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Before, <laughs> before that, I want to give a shout-out and an RIP Okay, to our boy, Je- Jeremiah. What? My God, how much He did heart? it? No. Oh, no. How much heart does this kid have? Oh, no. Yeah. Wait, no. How much heart does this kid I don't kid know what you're have? saying
2: right now because I know he's playing Blaze
1: heads up. Yep. Like, he could be at zero right now for all I know. He lost 20K today. Oh, that's hey, not that bad. Yeah. I mean, He's
2: playing 10K NL. It's not that bad.
1: I mm. mean, man, he got to 199,000 of a 200K heads up. I mean, bankroll challenge. I feel so bad for Jer. This. Yeah. And he, like, has all the heart, They just like, fuck it. But he's Your also hair.
2: getting to play heads up versus, like, the fucking white whale, Jared Blesnick. <laughs> the
1: white whale. <laughs>
2: and the problem is, is, like, Jeremiah's playing really good, and that's What's not going to do Where's it. Where's he at? He's, like, back down to 120. Yeah, 120?
1: If not less. What did he start with? 50. 50. Uh, tough times for Jer- oh boy Jeremiah <sighs> Poor Jer- <laughs> He got the 90, right got the 190. His whole point of this challenge
2: was to show that that uh mid-high stakes online poker wasn't dead and yeah. that you can make a good living at oh it. Boy. And Now here he is 8 months in. Oh boy. He's profited like $60,000. Yeah. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. no, poor Jeremiah. He probably just
3: going on a massive heater now.
5: No, though. of course he will. Yeah. Like
2: uh, so much of it's variance but like mm-hmm. I got to play a lot of heads up versus <laughs> Bleds on WSOP during the pandemic, and I have to tell you, he's a goddamn treat. (laughs) Uh, I think I had a bigger edge not knowing anything about Heads Up than, like, Jeremiah might have, like, knowing so much about Heads Up. Because you just got, you got to feel, you got to really feel what Blez is doing. Mm. You know, you got to kind of, kind of have an idea. Be one step ahead of that psychopath. Uh, I've also played a fair amount live with (laughs) him. It was funny, we were playing five-handed one day. We were playing 100-200, I think. And he was immediately to my left and we were both 200k effective and no one else had more than 40k and every single pot he just made sure we got heads up like <laughs> if i had any money in the hand if i had any money in the hand he just put in an obnoxious raise to knock out anyone else who was involved and we just went to the flop <laughs> it was so much we traded back Bruh. and forth 100k pots for like three hours and broke dead even and then just like called it a night <laughs> yep,
3: <okay. laughs> Is got a rocky ending where it's a draw yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: ding ding uh all right that's gonna do it for us we're gonna be back again tomorrow evening Even. i believe we're at 7 p.m because Seven. guapo he's got he's Ooh. got a little so he's unavailable i don't know why but yeah he won't uh he won't be able to come till the evening so we're gonna we're gonna kick it later in the night uh not in the night you know
0: 7 p.m. 12, after, after 10, dark 10 on the east coast
2: yeah it's the night if you're in the other side of the country yeah. but i have to play at the, at the bellagio so that's why we can't do the morning um you're so not, be, you're a nine
3: to five guy now
2: bro they make me get up so fucking early <laughs> i think this is like is it worth it yeah but yeah, like, like I, yeah. I think this is like how they handicap me i got up at 7 a.m this morning just to squeeze in a dog walk and a workout. By the time I got to the casino, I couldn't see straight. I was so fucking tired. I don't remember the first two hours of gameplay. <laughs> you to bed play. earlier. Yeah, the, I went to bed key, at 10.30.
3: The key is you have to actually sleep before 7 a.m. You went to bed not, at 10.30. Not, why yeah. are you
2: tired? What do you mean, man? You what don't mean? just fall right asleep. Like, who goes to bed at 10.30? I'm not a goddamn old man. I don't have a wife and kids. I'd like to stay up till midnight. Yeah. You know, one o'clock. Really feel myself out. Well, not for getting up at 7, man. No. Here I am in bed with all the old people. Yep. Watching Matlock to fall asleep. <laughs> Alarm set for 7 a.m. Watching the goddamn sunrise while I'm walking mm. the dogs around the neighborhood. There's no shot you watch Matlock to no, fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> is that
0: even on? Um, I don't You it, can stream it somewhere. Is before. that the one
2: with the diabetes we've, guy?
0: In we've come full no, circle. We're, wait, we're yeah, back maybe to discussing TV
3: shows again.
2: It, what, what's his name? Uh, Walter or something. Walter, yeah, diabetes. Diabetes. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. The guy with the yeah. walrus mustache. But I'm pretty yeah. sure his name
3: isn't Walter Diabetes. Brimwell. It's like it's it's
2: like it's like Brimwell or something like that.
0: Walter Brim- Brimwell. Wilford Brimley. Wilford, Wilford Brimley. There you, there you, you go. go. Walter Diabetes.
2: <laughs> all I know is his catchphrase Wilford. is. Uh, he did that commercial. Walter where he Wilford. Says, Yeah, Wilford. Close enough. He looks Close like the a fucking show. Wilford. It looks like a walrus. Are you gonna play the music? You've been playing the music. Yeah, haven't you? Wilford the, the walrus. walrus. You know we can't hear anything, right? We've
0: been off the air for like 20. How long have
2: you been playing the music? A half hour
0: uh four minutes oh okay. <laughs> i was wondering why i didn't play the music
2: no we couldn't hear anything we still can't yeah, we, hear anything. we were
3: waiting for you to play us out
2: but all right that's gonna do it for us we're gonna get out of here we'll be back tomorrow 7 p.m pacific 10 p.m if you're on the east coast hopefully this thing gets back on the tracks but i highly highly doubt it actually you know what Fuck it we'll just try to get melissa back in here tomorrow
3: <laughs> even more off the track yeah,
2: really make sure this thing derails Conrad, thank you so much for coming back to host this thing. As always, a man of few words. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you know, this is what I do. I hire good work. You know, I got my sidekick in there. We bring in Matt Hunt today for a little Strat Talk. I got Brian always on the ones and twos. Guapo talks his shit. I got. It. I brought in a good fucking crowd. Like, I don't, you know, I delegate. I we'll see shit. you
2: guys tomorrow.
1: <laughs> Peace.
2: Peace.